Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so honored to have you here with us today where we talk about the business of real life, whether it's having your own business or being a parent. And today our conversation is going to be about parenting and our fast-paced, crazy, high-technology, instant gratification, instant everything moment lifestyles, and how can we help our children to, to, to lessen their anxiety and to be successful. And I can't wait to introduce you to our guest today, but first here's a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of being stressed out in the mornings and frustrated with nagging at your kids to get things done so they can get out the door faster in the morning? Are you too busy or just don't know how to help your kids to make good habits stick? Well, let's get our kids organized and independent and cooperative and into routine with Easy Daisies, magnetic daily schedules for kids. Easy Daisies was created by me, Elaine Tan Como, a school teacher and a mom of three by parent demand to help kids get out the door faster in the morning and have easier days. These fun magnets with everyday activities allow your children to take part in planning their day, which makes things smoother for everyone, especially mom. Now, all the illustrations were drawn by me to make it simple enough for children who are non-readers, whether they are 2 or 12, to feel that accomplishment and that confidence in, in completing their tasks. And there's comfort in knowing what comes next, so there are no meltdowns and tantrums. Now, I've had happy moms email me telling me awesome things like getting 20 minutes of extra sleep every day because of Easy Daisies that they just love that their kids are brushing their teeth without being told over and over, eating their breakfast, getting their socks and shoes on, and waiting at the door with their backpacks all ready to go. So if you want to check out Easy Daisies, I'd be honored at www.easydaisies.com and use this promo code ELAINE15 to save 15% on your entire order today. Hi, welcome back. I am so thrilled to have you here with us today. And my guest today is a guest that is a returning guest and she is an internationally recognized certified parenting coach a registered psychiatric nurse and an intuitive guide she's an as an expert in child and youth mental health for over 15 years with experience working with families she uses her unique and intuitive abilities to get to the root of the problem quickly and delivers fast results so i'm very honored to have again this lovely mompreneur Shannon White. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Elaine. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you back. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you. I could talk to you all the time. We should just make like a series. Yeah. Well, there we go. Because I know you said that you're going to have a podcast and I can't mm -hmm. wait for that. And you're coming on me, it. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. honored and I'd be honored. So you have to let me know when that is and then I would love to, to share that as well. Definitely. So right now we're just going to 
delve right into it because this is going to be a short and sweet podcast. And uh, I want to know, you agree with me, yes, that is a very fast-paced lifestyle now. Everything oh, with, yeah. from emails to social media, everything has to happen instantly. There's no more, it takes two weeks to mail you a letter because I will write it, you will see it in your inbox very quick. Mm-hmm. And we have created these expectations, I would think, for our children mm-hmm. that, you know, like, why is it not done? Let's do it now. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Now, 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 fast, fast, fast. And as a former school teacher, I knew that one in four students in my classroom had anxiety issues. Yep. And it's probably even three in, in uh, sorry, probably two out of four now, I would mm-hmm. think. So what is a strategy that you could suggest or strategies for lessening that anxiety in our children? Um, Well, first off, the majority of kids today, in my experience, um, they don't have a true psychiatric diagnosis of anxiety. Mm -hmm. What they have is uncertainty. And uncertainty looks like anxiety. It manifests as anxiety, Um, looking like it, but it doesn't need to be treated per se. Um, And what it is is... um, when kids don't know what rules to follow, when the rules are soft or blurry, unrealistic to the situation, or or they're sometimes followed, that's when uncertainty will show up and take over. Mm. So examples of that are um, if I like uh, teaching parents about maintaining a safe, sacred space at home. So that's your safe center. That's outside the door is where you know you can run into the bombardment of negativity and things. But at least people knowing they can come home and have that safe space. Um, also demonstrating through your actions to your child that you're on their side because nothing will create this uncertainty um, or anxiety more than when a child feels they can't trust their parent or caregiver so this is things like where your anxiety takes over when you're out in public and you throw your kid under the bus quote-unquote sort of thing right where all of a sudden you're left you know why'd you do that what's happening sort of instead of coming alongside them to say what's going on. Kids, kids need to know that when they mess up, they've got somebody that's there. Hey, I'm cool. I don't care what anybody else thinks while we're here. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates trust with them. And then also having rules and guidelines that you follow um, and that you expect followed and that you stick with them and re- you revise them when needed. Um, as an example, kids, when I worked at um, Children's Hospital on our unit there, uh, new clients would come in. Um, for an assessment and kids would be playing a board game and the first thing a child wants to know is how do how do I play the game? What are the rules? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in life. Kids want to know like parameters. Parameters. What are the rules? What are Absolutely. we how do I play this? Where where are my boundaries? Where how far can I go? How you know that's the safety net is mm-hmm. having those things. So when those are loosely followed or or you know one child does one thing and another child's allowed to do something else, um, that's where you run into this anxiety that occurs. And those are my top three. I, I, would say. I, I love that. I, I, I just want to touch on each one of them, like having that safe space at home. Yeah. How true is that? I, I mean, there's so many songs written and quotes and poems about feeling safe at home. Mm-hmm. And, and we need that, right? Because then you, you always have somewhere you know and can predict mm-hmm. will be a, a non a harmful environment because no one's going to judge you in your home. No one is going to threaten you in your home. Yep. It is your home. And you know, I mean, there's businesses that thrive off that, right? You have a familiar, you know that McDonald's will be always a McDonald's wherever you go or, 
or you know, home restaurant, whatever yeah. those restaurants are, and and businesses, right? They create a, an environment that you can predict, right? Like Starbucks, right? Yeah. You you know what the environment's going to be, and you walk in and you feel safe. Yep. And and what better place for a child than their home to to feel safe? Mm-hmm. And and that and can come down to yeah. Then that can come down, you know, be drilled down even further to technology. What technology you're allowing in, what apps you're allowing mm-hmm. in, and saying, you know, yes, I know our next door neighbor has that, but that's not how we roll. As mm-hmm. a family, this is how we roll in our safe space. Absolutely, and and I'd love to know your thoughts, but on this, um, my my own personal belief as a parent and as mm-hmm. a, a teacher is is not to have a computer in my child's room. Mm, yeah. And and I and I'm talking about devices as well because mm-hmm. they can come in your pocket as mm-hmm. well. That's right. And yep. and you know, I I think well, I wouldn't let a stranger in my child's room. Mm-hmm. Why would I allow it in their pocket in their room? Yep. And because bullying can happen, uh, intimidation can happen, mm-hmm. predators can happen, and maybe I'm being paranoid. But that is just where I stand as a, an educator, yeah. and and I've seen, you know, my grade seven female student meet a, 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 a young man who claims to be sixteen, mm-hmm. who wants her to meet him downtown. Right. And we don't know who's on the other end. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's so easy to target vulnerable children and. And I say, you know, still keep that out of their bedroom. And yep. that should still be a safe spot in, yep. in that bedroom. Do well, you agree? Oh, I totally agree. Because the thing to remember with kids especially, uh, and teens too, they all have the same feelings that adults do. They just don't have the same experience. So they don't have the same experience to manage different situations. They don't have the same experience to understand what the consequences are on the other end are. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we will say, well, what did you think was going to happen? Well, realistically, they go, uh, I didn't know. Like, that's realistic. But we go there out of fear. And we go there out of our own anxiety and our own fear of, well, somebody could have taken you to this. And those are extreme cases. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. But what can also happen is, um, you know, like advertising initially um, on the television was programmed to be so many, I believe, milliseconds of trigger for reward, where your brain would pick up the reward. Mm -hmm. Well, that's also built into gaming. Gamers, mm-hmm. no, game designers know that. So if your child's in their room and they're getting these shots of, you know, reward constantly all the time and this feed of dopamine um, that's happening and you're not able to kind of monitor that, mm-hmm. that let that be out in the living room. Let that be out in the com- what we call our common space at our house. Yes. In their room, that also gets to be a, a secondary, you know, sacred zone for them Absolutely. and safe spot where, you know, we encourage creativity in there. We encourage reading. We encourage all these lower stem things. Mm-hmm. Um, from a biological point of view, kids going to bed where they're getting that constant stim, whether it's from the TV or from the devices. Yes, yeah, anything. We already know that the brain's the brain can't calm down no, in those sorts of situations. Yeah, like, like active triggers that are even sparked. It's hard to fall asleep yeah. after that. Yes. Yeah, and and it also goes back to creating your rules mm-hmm. and your parameters. Mm-hmm. No, those don't go in the room. You know, Absolutely. so then people take that away with them and realize, oh, okay, yeah, no, this isn't supposed to be, I'm not supposed to have this when I sleep. When I go to someone's house for a sleepover, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people want to say that, well, oh, they'll just do whatever they want. No, the research shows that if you've built it in enough, the kids will say, oh, I'm not allowed to do that before bed. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And yeah, I love your second point about being on your kid's side. Mm-hmm. And so that they have that trust relationship and they know 
No matter what, you yep. have their back and you are on their side. And especially in public. Mm-hmm. And, That's the big and, one I see. You know, and um, having been raised as a, an Asian mm-hmm. child, uh, respect was a huge thing in our household and you never talk back. And often, and it's a cultural thing, I would think, that uh, parents don't always have your back up front because they, mm-hmm. they'd rather, they don't want to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And if you do something that was embarrassing mm-hmm. they might not have it at your back there yep. i mean I, I i know my parents love me yep. incredibly yep. but it's it's um it's not polite and it's very disrespectful for that parent to stand up for their child mm-hmm. because of i, I guess yep. of the respect that um i guess from a cultural stance that it's just disrespectful to stand up against another person and it's better to turn the cheek and mm-hmm. and also be embarrassed than to stand up yep. for yourself that way. But those are conversations that can occur too, like culturally, yes. where I've had different people, um, parents that will come to me and they'll say, well, this is, you know, how it is with, you know, my culture and I'm, this is how we're, to, I'm need my family perceived in this way. And I, that's fine. But then have the conversation with your child that says, when, you know, I'm sorry I spoke to you like that. I spoke to you like that because it was my worry about mm, how absolutely. we looked. It's not what you were doing. And, you know, and you can have those conversations and rebuild the trust. There's no issue there at absolutely. all. Um, or just having a common understanding with children. Hey, before we go, this is what the situation's going to look like, where we're going. When you prep kids and front load them mm-hmm. like that with things, oh, they get it. They're on your side. They want you to win. They're absolutely. behind you guys. And I'm very much for that. That should be preventative rather than punitive, mm-hmm. too. To, you know, set your children up for success and to let them know that you are on their side and, and you know, but to always act, act in integrity, mm-hmm. like for your children to do what is right, to be polite. Mm-hmm. And, and if there's a certain situation, you might prepare them for that ahead of time mm-hmm. and what those expectations are. And I love how you said that earlier when we were talking about children and anxiety, when they don't know what to expect, mm-hmm. uh, then we can't be upset with them for, <laughs> for something that they they walked into and mm-hmm. we didn't prepare them for. So I think, yes, and and uh, and then, of course, back to being the easy daisies lady. That's why, for me, the visual schedule is so important mm-hmm. because I'm, I want to lay out success for them. I want them mm-hmm. to have predictability and consistency. And, and I think that... Um, and I'd love your feedback on this too about consistency, right? When mm-hmm. I think when there's consistency, whether it's in a, a morning routine, a bedtime routine, what we expect of our children after school, whether we are in the home or not, because yep. we might be at a meeting or at work or in there with a different caregiver, that mm-hmm. when they have consistency, there's less of a meltdown or a tantrum because totally they've, yep. they've established a good habit, yep. I think. Yep. Well, not only a good habit, but they also feel confident. Mm -hmm. And confidence is something that will take you everywhere. Mm -hmm. It breaks. I've watched people that have been labeled with everything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And yet the one when they are confident in themselves, they shine, you know, and doors open for them. They're just they're You know, you can't. Um, you can't beat confidence is what it is. And when you kids have that predictability in the schedules, they feel confidence when they can teach you or a new caregiver, Hey, this is what happens Mm -hmm. in my schedule. That's beautiful. I do this. I do this. I do this. They feel empowered. I feel, wow. And then when they feel they have input into the schedule too, because I know on your schedules, you can change them, you know, you can move them around. And when they know that's not quite working, you know, Mm -hmm. I like to do this after I do this instead. Okay, great. 
Yeah, and it is it is very much about establishing that confidence in children. Yeah, and and I remember when I, I first created Easy Daisies, it was because I had grade a grade five class with children who were non-readers, mm-hmm. and the worst thing you could see is for a child to be sitting at their desk while the whole entire class is lined up, and they're sitting there not knowing what on earth. Right. where they're supposed to be right. and they don't feel so good about themselves mm-hmm. and that's why I started drawing the pictures so that if, even though they can't read they could see that we yep. have Jim next yep. and it just, the different sense of confidence that yep. you know they aren't sitting there where everybody else is lined up but they are successful and just in rhythm with everybody else. Well, yeah, and our kids with developmental abilities, different de- mm-hmm. developmental abilities, you know, it puts them on the same page. So for me, it's not about, I, not equalities per se, but it's equity, mm-hmm. meaning that we set mm-hmm. them up for success no matter where they're at, right? Yeah, we don't so change that them. No. We just no. help them with tools to make them more successful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I could just hug you right now. <laughs> And and your last point was that create the guidelines and, and strict parameters and yep. and I yep. I fully am in agreement and and just love that you pointed that out because right it's about laying those expectations and and I think rules are important and mm-hmm. and even as a classroom teacher that was the first thing we do in establishing a trust and safe environment is mm-hmm. to make classroom rules. Yep. And, you know, and as a mom, when we're going to someone's house, we lay the expectations in the car or mm-hmm. before we leave so that it's it's preventative, not punitive, and no one is in trouble. And, and, and you know, you've, you've dealt with it, and they feel safe. They know mm-hmm. what they can and cannot do. And, and, and safety, not in a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. No, because we live in a world that is governed by rules mm-hmm. and laws. And so, yes, of course, we have to follow what the laws are. Yeah, so it's not with, like the Lord of the Flies. No, no. So, exactly. Because some people will say, you know, when they hear parenting with soul, they're like, oh, that must be very fluffy and spiritual and all this. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're just going to appreciate and honor the individual, each individual in the situation but at the same time let's see where within these laws and rules how we function right and and how we work with others and do the things um because i mean realistically in my experience you know you have somebody that you know people think is cute when they have a fight or punch people and stuff when they're three and then maybe when they're seven and they do it no 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 don't Mm -hmm. but then when they're 12 and they're still doing the same behavior that's listed as assault Hmm. under the criminal hmm. code right mm-hmm. and we don't want to set people up like that where they yeah. don't understand what the boundaries are sort of yes. thing and I, I love that you pointed that out yes it, it does and should change for each individual mm-hmm. the expectations and mm-hmm. <laughs> you and, just made me think of a funny um a thing about expectations i remember when my children were a little younger and i don't know where we were but someone burped really loudly oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i turned to my oldest and i'm like <gasps> I'm like, oh my goodness, that was very rude. And then she pointed it out that it was actually her two-year-old brother. And I, and I turned to him and said, good job. And I'm like, oh, that was very weird. Because I was really upset that she did it, but she didn't do it. And then I congratulated him. Because it, I knew he would feel better if he did Burp. Yes. And yep. maybe he was much younger yep. because, you yep. know, you don't want a gassy little infant. Yeah. So I'm like, good job. <laughs> like, oh and then you dear. walked away going, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Sorry. That was just a thought I had to share. No, but 
those are the, those are the brilliant moments, right? Where you have, and then you're able to go back and, and you don't get down and, oh, I shouldn't have done it or whatever, you know, or worried, what, what has that done to her now that I did this? You know, it's just, you go back and go, hey, you know what? Sorry, this was, you know, the situation. I, I thought it was you. It was him instead. This is, was my rationale, sort of thing. I, you know, hey, I need to, I need to retake on this. Yes. I screwed up. Yeah. Sorry absolutely. about that. Being yeah. open with apologies. You know, absolutely. And I think it's so important, like you said, and I think in our last podcast mm-hmm. about teaching our children to say please and thank you and sorry and acknowledging. But that only comes mm-hmm. when we're doing it. Yeah. So the challenge I always put out, yes. and I'll put out to the audience right now is I want you to go through a day listening for how often you hear please and how often you hear thank you from others, adults, in your you know world at Starbucks or wherever, and how often you're doing it. Because mm-hmm. I will guarantee you, you're not doing it as often as you think you are, mm-hmm. but you're expecting your children to do it. Mm-hmm. So when you're modeling it, just automatically with them, oh, could I please have that? Instead of ripping the pen out of their hand, I need that, right? Yes. In yes. saying please, saying Absolutely. thank you, saying so they will automatically. I, I catch little my ones kids do catching it. me saying, "Mom, yeah. say please." And I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, you're right. Thank you. I won't grab yeah. that pen from you. And, and so, please borrow it. Yeah, because people will say, "Oh, it's so hard to for to do to make them say please," or "It's so hard to do." It's not really. Mm-hmm. You start it first. At no matter what age Absolutely. the child is, even as teens, you start it first, and you will watch change happen with your children, with your partner with your business relationships, they will all respond differently to you. Yes, and it goes back to like parenting is like being a mirror. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing all these great points. Oh, I want to touch on one last one really quickly, sure. and it's discipline. Yep. What's your thoughts on timeouts? I, I've never done them. Oh, okay. Not even in a, a yep. classroom, I've not. Uh, so I, I want to know... Um, what your thoughts are. So what my thoughts on timeout are, well, we used to do them when I worked at um, the hospital and it was considered at the time many, many years ago to be, you know, that was the form of, of sort of teaching kids about understanding um, what they had done and t- uh, giving them time to sit. To have space, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. okay. That's healthy yeah. to have space. Yes, to have space. And, and what I realized was actually it was just a moment where you took a child, segregated them out, so you isolated them. Um, and then they basically would kind of think about all the different ways of revenge they wanted <laughs> to take on you. <laughs> Anywhere okay. from, you know, being, you know... Two up until, you know, teens. Because really, that's what it is. I mean, realistically, what would you do if your boss said, Elaine, you need to go sit over there right now, and I'll come back and talk to you in 10 minutes, and then set a timer beside you. You're yes. thinking everything else except about what you just did. Yes. So it, it doesn't solve Unless that. maybe, unless you specifically say, I'd like you to go over there and think about how you could have done that differently. Can we say that? Well, because, but children won't. Because, like I had said before, they, I think it was on the last podcast about, or no, it was this, about they all have the same feelings we do, just not the same experiences. Mm -hmm. So, maybe they don't know how to think about what they did, right? Yes. Because it's the same thing if we go up to, say, a preschooler and say, what you need to say, sorry, how do you think that made them feel? They're like... I don't know. I just thought they were being a jerk. I mean, it's concrete, really concrete. So more, it's Mm -hmm. about coming alongside of them and saying, hey, come on, what what happened there? Mm -hmm. You know, that was totally different for you to act like that. I'm not sure what's going on. Are you kind of feeling funny or or what's happening? Really coming alongside because as soon as we are isolated, we are, as a species, are not wired to be isolated. 
we're wired for connection. Mm. So as mm-hmm. soon as we, and we, and we know this too, also from Brene Brown's research on shame, mm-hmm. we're, we're so wired for connection that when you isolate us, we go into our primal brain and we are not thinking anything but survival. So at this point, I mean, I know I say, I say loosely, well, they're seeking revenge on you and things, but that's where you go. You're in your primal brain. It's in the back of your head. Yeah. You cannot access the executive functioning in the front of your brain Mm -hmm. for problem solving. Mm -hmm. So saying, go and sit there. If it's done in somewhat anger, if it's done Mm -hmm. in some, nobody's, nobody's going to the front of the brain to problem solve about, hmm, how could I have done that differently? Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) No, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Ms. Shannon, and sharing your insight. Thank you. And that was great. I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) Raising Adults. Yes. In the midst of being tired. Started here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Shannon, again, where would people find you if they wanted to connect with you? Uh, my website's parentingwithsoul.com. My email address is parentingwithsoul at gmail.com. And I have an Instagram account at Parenting with Soul and uh, Facebook at Parenting W Soul. Perfect. Thank you. And all of this uh, will be in our show notes. And thank you so much for joining us today, everyone, because I love to hear from you. So please do find me on Twitter at Chat with Elaine or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And uh, Shannon, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. See ya.